I'm Danielle West. Welcome to Intentional Marriages Podcast, where we share vulnerable insights about marriage. Well, welcome, Rebecca, to Intentional Marriages Podcast. We're so excited to have you today. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me to come do this with you. Absolutely. I ran into your husband last night. Russ and I were taking a walk downstairs, and you guys had just left the movies. So what movie did you guys see? We definitely went and saw Infinity War. We are big, big Marvel fans in our household. Um, I was actually just chatting with you about that story where how uh, Michael and I fell in love with Marvel and how it's our date night standard now. Yes. Do tell, how did you fall in love with that? Because I think if I had kept up with the characters over time, I might have been interested, but how did you fall in love with it? So before I fell in love with it, I absolutely would tease Michael about, oh, that's just a cartoon. Like, that's like when you were kids, you know, why don't, come on, like, you don't want to see that. And so I, I just didn't get it. But then... Before we got married, the woman that was marrying us, Martha, she required that we did premarital counseling with her. Uh-huh. Of course, we agreed because we loved Martha and she could do, still can do no wrong to us. <laughs> um, and so we ended up meeting with her in our first session. We basically had, she gave us each a piece of paper, identical, um, and had a priorities list on it. And we had a, you know, each independently from each other, like no peeking, a list like one through 20 or whatever it was. Uh, you know, one being our biggest priority, you know, 20 being our least, you know, priority. And it just kind of sparked a lot of conversation with us because our like top three or four or whatever it was, uh, were the exact opposite of each other. So Uh (laughs) yes, we, it was uh, turned into a session about compromise and, you know, learning to, you know, meet the other person's needs and, you know, letting go of your own and just, you know, kind of that whole surrounding conversation. And so Martha, she had, you know, kind of prompted this conversation and she had said, I can't, I can't actually remember how the exact conversation, how it laid out, but it turned into talking about uh, date night. Mm -hmm. And so she had asked you know, what we like to do for date night. And Michael said he loves watching movies at home. He just loves movies. Mm-hmm. And I am not opposed to movies. I just don't like watching them at home because I fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> or I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you just get distracted. The cat's on your lap. You go and get a snack. You know, there's just too much happening. And so Martha was like, this is perfect. Like, this is, this is a great example of compromise. Michael, you are going to take Rebecca out on a date and you're going to just have a casual night out because you guys are casual people. But Rebecca, you're going to let him pick the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was hard to go with that little bit of control. Uh, but we both agreed. And to make sure that she knew we were going to do this, she made us tell her right then and there what movie we were going to see so she could follow up with us. <laughs> and so Michael had said that he wanted to see Iron Man. So we went. I think, I think it was actually that weekend we went and saw Iron Man in theaters, and then I fell in love. (laughs) Did you? I did. I just absolutely dove into the Marvel Universe, and so we actually ended up watching movies at home because I needed to catch up. Right, right. And I didn't fall asleep on the couch at all during them, and so now anytime a Marvel movie comes out, we... You're first in line? 
Oh, yeah. Like, we get our tickets early. We are uh-huh. just ready to go. We're deciding which theater. We're picking out seats together online. Like, it's a whole process now. So. I wonder if that's the movie my stepson recommended for us to see. Because he knows we don't yeah. We don't see fictional movies. And, and we haven't followed the whole Marvel okay. line. So, anyways... Yeah, we're we're gonna go see Avengers and Deadpool, both you know storylines we haven't been following. You'll enjoy it; they're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, let me back up and yes. share with our audience how we met. Um, Russ and I lead a a small group, um, a marriage group that has been designed by the church to help marriage grow stronger. And it's not necessarily for marriages in trouble, but it's just to make good marriages even better. And it's um, we learn about a lot of different tools and, and we've had anywhere from newlyweds like you and Michael, <laughs> all the way to people who have been married for 30 or 40 years. And so we got to meet you both and we just love, we always love having a young newly married couple in our groups because there's others in the room saying, okay, if I got to do it over again, this is what I would do or remember. Oh yeah. But then you also bring the freshness and the newness and reminders to those who have been married for a while. Like, you know, isn't this awesome? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we um, definitely loved that Thrive group because we had well, I can't remember when, what year we took that with you guys. And I happened to look it up because oh, I did good. not, because they're all, we've done a dozen groups now and yeah. they're just all blurring together. Fall 2015. Oh, was it really? Yes. Uh, it honestly feels like, I was like, oh, we just did that a few months ago. Right, and right. And time, time gets you. But it, yeah, no, it's, we, it's amazing. We loved, loved that group. And I, I've told Michael before, I'm like, we need to do it again. He's like, I'm not I'm not ready to do it again. He's like, he's like, he's like, well, one day we'll do it again. And, you know, compare notes uh, from round one. But no, we, we took away a lot from Thrive. And I mean, there's still a lot that, you know, tools that you and Russ, you know, shared with us and with the, with the group um, that we actually still use. And sometimes we're better about using them than others, uh, you know, as tools can be. They're only as good as people that are using them um yeah and we do it twice a year and we we sometimes don't practice everything that we've we've even facilitated and taught so hey guilty (laughs) guilty guilty so before we get started on the questions tell me how you and Michael met so we actually met in college we had a business course together and by a random chance of fate we got put into a group project together unknowingly and our team kind of disappeared and it ended up being Mike. And it was one of those like semester long projects that you work on. Right. And so you're, you know, you're just all, that's like all you do is just this project. And so Michael and I, I was actually dating someone else at the time and I made sure he knew it. <laughs> and, but uh, we had started working on this project and then, you know, he found out that I got dumped and so he wanted to go take me out. Like, come on, like, let me just be a pal. Like, come on. And so my friends that were, you know, with me when he was trying to get me to go out, you know, like, yeah, like we're going to make you buy his pizza, you know? And so that kind of is what sparked it was my friends ignored me and <laughs> that I just didn't want to go and hang out with him. And 
but Michael was just so nice. I'm like, he's such a trooper. I was such a jerk to him because I was in such a, you know, down mood. Yeah. And of course my friends just, you know, are, they just want, they were in college. They wanted a free pizza out of this guy. And so, so Michael's a trooper for it. But then after that, we just, again, we still have this group project and we're starting to learn more about each other. And he starts just finding excuses to hang out more. He's like, oh, hey, can you tutor me in this class? And it's like, okay. He's like, well, actually, I need help in this class. And so we were, you know, tutoring each other in different classes. And so he'd come over to my apartment and he started, again, making friends with my roommates. I lived with three other girls. Of course. And they all totally colluded against me. And he was getting information from them. They were like, oh, yeah, she likes picnics. Oh, she oh, likes that this. is great. And, you know, and it was, you know, all like innocent, you know, stuff. And so he was just, you know, using all of this. And my roommates were like, oh yeah, casual. Michael, let's all go get Chinese together. Come on, you know, and just invite him to things. And so he was just ever present. Like he <laughs> could not shake this guy. And then, you know, he just, he literally told me one day, we were talking on the phone because we were talking about the project and then it just kind of, you know, flowed into just talking. And he told me, he was like, I'm going to, Hold your hand the next time I see you. And I was like, what? Like, you can't do that. Really? Oh, yeah. And then he was like, and he just already asked me out several times at this point, and I've shot him down every time. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> he was so persistent. And then he's like, yeah, and after I hold your hand, I'm going to kiss you. I was like, you can't just tell a girl this. And I am freaking out. Like, I'm pretty sure I was red from head to toes when he was telling me this. I was like, probably oh, happy you were on the phone, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I... Don't think I would have been able to handle it in person. And so sure enough, next time we get together, when we're working on the project and we go to take a break, he grabs my hand, starts holding it. And then I'm just like kind of letting him. But I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I know what's next. And like I am mid-sentence telling him something and he just plants one on me. Really? Oh, yeah. And then we have not stopped seeing each other since. That is great. So, what a great yeah, story. So was, yeah, he was very determined to go on a date with me. And, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't say no anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So how did he propose? Oh, he did it really good. Oh, he did? He did. Oh, poor Please. Russ. Russ, Russ is, I've, I've actually gotten Russ to propose twice and it's, <laughs> both times are not good. So... <laughs> I'm like, listen in, Russ. <laughs> well, just just tell Russ this one. I'll get Michael to talk to him, and he can do it again. Can you, uh, oh, for his, an anniversary or something. His daughter is like, no, third time's a charm, Dad. <laughs> like, when she heard the story, she's like, no, Dad, come on, Aww. step up your game. So, anyways. Yes. Tell, so, do tell. So, Michael and I, we had already been dating for, I want to say, four years. And then we were... So we had already been living together for a handful of months at this point. And, you know, we just, we kind of already had that routine thing mostly going on. Um, And at that time we worked very different schedules than we do now. So I was working in Midtown. And so if we were going to have a date night, like, and I was taking Marta, so it was like, we had to plan it because it was like, okay, it's going to take me so long to get from here to there, you know? And then again, he worked you know, anywhere between from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So you just didn't, we had, we had to, you know, plan dates out. And so it was common for us, and still is, where we go, hey, I want to take you out on a date. 
but I'm going to plan it. I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm going to take you out. And we've just always done that. And like so, that. yeah, so it's like you you know you're going to have a date, but you don't know what it is. So yeah. It's still like kind of exciting. Yeah. And so Michael, you know, when you're like on a Monday or something, he's like, you know what, let's, let's go on a date this weekend. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm going to plan something. I was like, okay. So it didn't sound weird. It didn't sound, right. you know, like anything, you know, off, you know, I should be like, you know, red, red flags or anything. And so I was like, and I was like, okay, like the, oh, the only requirement was you have to tell me what the attire is. That was kind of the staple. Cause you know, yeah. us ladies, we like to know. Exactly. Yeah. And so he's like, um, just plan to wear a dress. He's like, just wear a fancy dress and I'll, I'll plan something around it. And I was like, okay, perfect. And so, you know, you know, day comes and like, I think we were going out that Friday cause I had rushed from work to get to home and I was like, I need to take a shower and I need to blow dry my hair, you know, doing the whole routine. And for the first time ever, Michael was like, come on, babe, we got to go. And I was like, what? Like, you are Mr. Go with the flow with time. And so oh, I was like, that was like the only thing that like kind of almost tipped me off. But I was like, I just dismissed it immediately. Cause it's like, oh no, like he just doesn't want to deal with traffic, which is yeah. makes total sense to me. You live in Atlanta. Yeah. And so... We're, you know, I'm dressed up, he's dressed up, and, you know, oh, it's all great. So we're in the car, and I like to do this um, very endearing, not annoying at all thing, where I ask for hints. <laughs> I do this at Christmas time, too, and it's Michael's favorite game. It's like, give me a hint. It's just give me a hint. Like, I just want to guess, like, while we're, you know, going. And so, you know, Michael's like, no, 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 I'm not giving you any hints. I'm just teasing me. And, you know, we're just listening to music. I'm like, come on, give me one. He's like, okay, let me think of one. So we're I'm just listening to some music. He's thinking of a hint. Then he gives me the hints, Green Meadows and Antique Cars. I'm like, what are you planning for tonight? And come to find out that it was, they were totally bogus. It was just to totally oh, throw me okay, off the track. I'm like... Um, okay. I was like, we're driving into Atlanta. How are their green meadows? Right, you know? right. And so uh, he ends up taking us to Dante's Down the Hatch, which is was a favorite of ours. And um, we had gone there early on when we were dating. And it's just, you know, it's just a place that we just, you know, we love. And just like, oh, going back to Dante's. Oh, we haven't been in a while. Like, this is so great. I'm like, no wonder why you told me to wear a dress. You know I love wearing your dress here. It's just, I, you know, I love it. And so he had reserved um, a private booth for us. And so if you had ever been at Dante's, there's like the like the main like kind of hole of the ship that was in there. And that's like where the jazz band is. And there's like some booths in there. But then there's this one little private booth that hangs above the jazz band that's like kind of all by itself. So almost like a little balcony. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's actually a half a booth. So you have to sit next to each other and you're overlooking everything. Oh, and wow. It's like, it's just this neat little spot. And I was like, oh, we've never sat here before. And again, it didn't seem weird because Michael is the kind of guy that calls ahead and gets the special something because he wants to be somewhere new each time. So like, oh, this is so fun. Like we got this whole little section all to ourselves. <laughs> and so we're there and we're just having dinner and we're just having a great time. And then Michael... Let's see. Oh, I'm trying to remember the exact order. Oh, and so then the jazz band starts playing the song. I'm like, oh, Michael, do you hear the song? And I was like, we just, so we just heard the song, song when we were coming to dinner, which, of course, Michael orchestrated all of it. 
And he was like, oh, like, like, what is it? And I'm, I'm like, it's in my life. It's the Beatles. Like, you know this song. Like, I love this. I'm a huge Beatles nut. And he knows this. And he knows I love that song. And so he, you know, coincidentally had played it in the car ride going there. And then coincidentally, it's being played by the jazz band. Wow. And so as this song starts, he, he goes, he's like, you know, hon, he's like, you gave me this gift, you know, years ago that you love so you can show me that you love me. I was like, but I want to return it to you. I want you to hang on to it for me. And I'm just like, I don't even remember what this is. Yeah. And he hands me back this little tiny child's locket. Um, it was a locket that my twin sister gave me when we were growing up. And it was just a little cheap locket, like from Claire's or something. It wasn't uh-huh. anything special. But I gave it to Michael when we had dated for exactly one month because we just kind of already knew. We like we kind of knew where things were going with us, oh, but we sweet. like didn't want to say it because um, yeah. it's just you know. <laughs> um, and so I gave him that locket when he had dated for one month, and he was like, "I just want you to have this back." I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "Well, thanks, babe." Like, "Oh yeah, I'll get a bigger chain for it. And I'll wear it again." He's like, "Well, you should open it." So I open it, and inside, in this tiny lock, I mean, it's the tiniest little locket, he had a little, had it in there, said, marry me. And I'm, like, just looking at it, and I'm, like, leaning over the table next to the little tea light candle, because that's the only light, (laughs) and I'm just, I have to read it, like, a million times. And I look over, I look to my left, and Michael's already out of the booth, like, you know, down on one knee with the ring out, and... Wow. My first response was, are you kidding me? Wow. That was my response. (laughs) Quickly, quickly followed by a yes. Yes, yes. Um, But again, I'm just like, my song is playing. I've got my locket. Like, what is happening? That's amazing. So he definitely. That's pretty amazing. He did a really good job. And so then we, you know, we got a celebratory um, root beer float. (laughs) Because. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) They, um. We're, you know, they have, we were so full from the fondue that I was like, I don't think I can eat a dessert to celebrate. And Michael's like, well, they have a root beer float. Will you share it with me? And oh. so we got a root beer float there. Um, and so we, we actually have one of the, it's one of the, so I think it was Dante, yeah, Dante actually came and congratulated us. Wow. And he gave us one of the Dante's like gold embroidered uh, glasses that they had. And, you know, he made some antidote and everything about it. You know, he was hilarious. And so we like to use that glass and we'll have root beer floats on our anniversary. Perfect. And so, yeah, it's just, it's fun. And who doesn't like a root beer float every now and then? So, and I assume you got pictures. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I don't even think we got pictures that night. This was like pre all the great smartphones and everything. And I'm just not a picture taker. Um, But... We did use that glass in our uh, in our, in our um, your engagement photos, so it still got incorporated in there a little bit okay. since we didn't get too many pictures that night. Well, yeah. maybe we can get um, a copy of that picture to post oh, on here. I can definitely look for that for you. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> so, how long have you guys been married now? So this June will be six years. Six years. So you yes. guys, you know that if you've been married for five years, you could lead Thrive. <laughs> like how you just slid that one yeah. right in there. How convenient. Oh my goodness. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> I know 
know Allison Elam would be really excited to have oh, you guys. Man. Anyways, you, I know you guys, you've guys got your plate full, but um, so let's, let's jump in here. What was one thing that surprised you after you were married? Oh man. So the first thing that jumped in my mind when I had read that question was how much Michael, my husband still leaned into his parents and it was something that, you know, I liked seeing when we were dating because it's like, oh, you're close to your family. How great. Sure. But then it's like, now it's like, hey, we're married. Like, why, 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 why are you talking? Like, why do you need to ask them every little question? And it just, it didn't connect with me because while I have good relationships with my parents, they're very different than the way Michael's are with his. Mm -hmm. And so that was one thing that really stood out where I was like, whoa, like, this is too intense. Like, I don't want to tell you to not speak to your parents. Right. Right. Like, that's right. just not cool. But at the same time, I was like, oh, why are you asking for your dad's opinion over my opinion on something for our house? Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's just because you want to feel first in the relationship. Yes. The whole leave and cleave, right? Yes. And so that was definitely a learning process because, you know, from. To, and, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on Michael because, you know, you're young and it's all new. And but Michael, he just didn't see it because that was what was he was used to. You know, that's his normal. Yes, that was right. his normal. And right. so to me, I was able to see it because it was not my normal. Right. And so it took a while to, you know, learn how to communicate to him. And honestly, him speaking with other people, too, that had like, you know, that weren't biased. To be like, hey, maybe you actually should change this a little bit. You are married now, you know, and kind of change some of those behaviors and in healthy ways. You know, he wanted healthy relationships with his his parents, too. And so it was, yeah, but it was eye-opening when we first got married. <laughs> yeah, and, and it can it can cause some conflict. I yeah, you know, again, the the whole normal versus um your normal. Russ and I experienced that with disciplining the kids. Mm -hmm. Now, in a blended family, me being the stepmom, that's mm -hmm. not easy, right? And the the different normals that we had to get used to was I came from a very highly structured environment, mm -hmm. and he grew up in more of a chaotic because of his dad. I think you recall he his dad had just struggled with drinking, and and so they they struggled with that. But so his environment was a little bit more chaotic and mine was highly structured. So we had lived in two extremes and the environment we were bringing the kids up in was extremely structured for us. <laughs> Yet it was more relaxed for me. So it felt chaotic. And it wasn't until Boyd, our counselor had showed us, he goes, look, you have to understand that Danielle's experience some chaos that you feel is structured. And until he pointed that out, we were able to compromise and normalize the situation. So I relaxed a little from my upbringing. He recognized that mm -hmm. I needed a little bit more structure. And hopefully we, <laughs> we kind of, you know, um, rubbed off on each other. But what you mentioned about, because Russ is very close because of his upbringing, very close with his mom and his brother. And sometimes... And Russ uses this term that they can be like a steel ball. 
because of what they grew up in, it's kind of like a, a survivor kind of mentality that mm-hmm. they're extremely close. So they had the same kind of relationship that Michael has yeah. with his parents. And I didn't grow up in that with my parents. So it, mm-hmm. I was experiencing the same thing you were. Yeah. Right. And, and you, I'm not going to tell somebody not to call their parents, yeah. <laughs> but it seemed like more of a dependency than I was used to from my perspective. Yes. And I think as long as they understand and we recognize the differences, mm-hmm. but are put first, then, then we can accept the difference that it's not our, our normal. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was, that was a big one for us was learning what the other one's background was, you know, cause we both had, you know, seemingly normal, you know, childhoods and everything, but my parents raised us to be very independent. I mean, it was a go out and play in the woods and I'll see you at dinner time. And, you know, Michael was kind of a little, a little bit of a wild child where yes, he would go out and like play outside and, you know, be kind of that nature kid. But it was never alone. Like he was kind of always chaperoned a little bit and he's just, you know, he's always held a little bit closer. Whereas mm. I'm the youngest of four. It's like, just yeah. go, just <laughs> get out of the house. Like just don't dirty the floors. I don't care. Um, like we ate lunch out of the vegetable garden kind of thing. Right. Like, oh, we'll just drink from the hose. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know? And so, but yeah, it was once we kind of realized like a, oh, that's why you're going to them or, oh, that's why you're not going to your parent, you know? Right. It, we just had to learn that and then learn how to communicate with that. And I love what you just said about understanding the background. I think yeah. that is so key because as you've learned, it develops compassion, yes. right? Instead of frustration. Yes. Well, and I know, so personally for Michael, one of his just big communication things, you know, whatever you want to call it is, knowing the why mm. and, and it, it can be with, I mean, literally with everything it's say, Hey, the meeting got moved to two o'clock. Why? I'm not doubting you. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm, you know, I'm not arguing with you. I just need to understand why so I can process it. Mm-hmm. And oh, it took me years to understand that. Cause I'm just like a, here's the facts go. Right. And like, I'm, I bullet point and he's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I need all the extra information that goes with it. If it change, if it's a, if it involves a change, mm-hmm. he'll go with it. He doesn't care, but yeah, he wants to know the why. Yeah. 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 That's good. It's, it's, it's eye opening. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remind myself that one quite a bit. <laughs> what are you both really excited about? Ah, so I know we've shared with you and Russ before, but so we are actually in the process of adopting right now. So we are And we're so excited for you guys. Oh, we are too. And we just, yeah, it's been a really big process, but it's one that we're really excited about. Are there any details that you could share about it? Oh, it is emotional. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it's, you know, it's... I don't want to use the word funny, but it's the word I'm going to use. Uh, you think you can prepare for certain things. You're like, sure. Oh, I know it's going to be stressful. And oh, I know there's going to be a lot of paperwork. Like, you know, all these logical things, but all the things that you think you need to prepare for are not the things you need to prepare for. Really? Yes. And it was, it threw both Michael and I off. It was, 
is so like emotion heavy and there's very different emotions on very different topics in different days. And so basically Michael and I are both just like emotionally all over the place. Mm. And so, and that just, and you know, you start bumping into one another and then, you know, it causes conflict and you're not trying to, and you're like, I love you, but I'm upset. And you're just, you know, both a mess and you don't expect it all the time. I mean, not that that's every day, sure, but you know, the smallest thing can kind of set you off. Um, Have you guys already done like the case study and all of the paperwork? uh, There's paperwork forever. (laughs) We'll never be done with paperwork. Uh, So we have our home studies completed and been approved. So we're done there. And I think officially, I meant to check today and I didn't because I got distracted. Um, I think our carings profile just got put up or is about to be put up, which means that's our profile for the country that we're adopting in, uh-huh. which was another big hurdle. Um, wow. So we were, we got two big hurdles in. Um, and at this point, you know, once our profile is, you know, kind of uploaded in their, their system, our caseworkers can start working to match us with, you know, a child that they think will be successful in our home and our family. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's emotional and it's all, big and it's all very real so yeah it gets a little tense in our house I bet bet. (laughs) so is it at the point where if this social worker identifies somebody then you would enter into sort of an interview process uh no so uh the the way it's set up uh we our caseworker will basically present you know one one child one profile to us at a time there's no like, oh okay yeah there okay, is no so... here's a list of them it's a here's one and we have you know a certain window of time where we can have that you know have all that information we can you know re- review it with a pediatrician like any health records that we may have or you know other families or you know whatever it is that we need to kind of consult on right. this kid, then we can, you know, at the end of that time or before that time is up, we can, you know, tell our caseworker like, yes, like we think that this is a great fit for us if we can parent this child. Or unfortunately and very realistically, if you don't feel like you can parent that child, like maybe if there's like a special need or a disability that you just think is too intense or too much for you um, mm-hmm. to honestly parent, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want you just to basically, re- you know, say no to that child. Cause yeah, they, that would be hard. yeah, they, they want that, you know, they, they do work really hard and it's like our profiles, like you have to go through so much detail of, you know, what you think you can and can't parent um, as far as like medical conditions go. Um, wow. So I'm sure it's made you consider things you would have never thought of. Oh my goodness. I mean, there was a medical chart. Like I'm Googling all these things, but I don't know what this is. And some of them are just, you know, genres essentially, which can range from very, you know, mild to severe. And so you have to, I mean, literally list out for each thing. Mm. Okay. Like I can do mild or I can do severe. Like I just cannot do that. You know, and you have, you have to be honest and you, you feel a lot when you do that. And you're just like, yeah. so like I want to be a good person. I want to say yes to everything. Then you're like, okay, but we're also going to be first time parents adopting from a foreign country. And okay, we got to 
you know, baby steps a little bit. Right. But you have to be right. be realistic. There's, you know, no such thing as the perfectly healthy, nothing wrong child. You know, it just right. doesn't necessarily exist, especially not when you're adopting. Um, but yeah, so our, the caseworkers, they work really hard to give you what they feel is going to be a successful match. So that way right. it'll lower the chances of you saying no. Right. Um, but they also want you to be honest with, you know. What you're equipped yeah. and emotionally capable of Absolutely. Of doing. So that'll be, it just depends. It can be, you know, really quick that they match you or, it could, you know, take nine months before they match you. It just, you know. But you're at the stage now where they can match you. Once this, our profile gets uploaded in their system, which like should be any day Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. um, That's when they can start. Wow. I know. Wow. (laughs) Some big emotions. (laughs) Lots of emotions. Big time. Yes. Big time. I'm so excited (laughs) for you guys. Wow. That is a lot. It is. But yeah, but thank you. So... Um, on to a, a lighter subject, counseling. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what are your thoughts about counseling and do you and Michael go? So if you had asked me this question several years ago, I would have been, oh, yeah, counseling's great. Yeah, you should totally do it. Like, I would have recommended to anyone not having ever been myself. So I had told Michael I also didn't want to go with him even though he asked me to go to a counselor with him. Really? I did. I just, I fought it. I just, I thought, no, we can do this ourselves. But again, I was still told yeah. to have recommended to someone. I was yeah. being completely hypocritical <laughs> and I knew I was. But once about a year ago when we, you know, seriously started you know, talking about adoption and exploring it. Yeah. Uh, we're like, okay, like this is, this is big. This is bigger than us. Like mm-hmm. we need to, you know, go and be proactive, even though things, you know, we're good and we were happy and life is great. Still, that, that's amazing that you guys did that. And so I, I will give Michael credit because he was so patient with me and he waited so long for me to just say, yes, I will go. And so I, um, I gave him a list. I'm like, okay, these, these are some in the area. I'm going to let you contact them and you can choose whoever you're most comfortable with. Cause I already gave you the list. So I'm good with anyone on here. Right. And so he, he chose our counselor and we love her. Like we, that's great. Yeah. She, she is on our side. Like, you know, she is for us. And so we were going about every other week. We've kind of dwindled it down to about a month, like every month, every month and a half, just depending mm-hmm. on schedules. And we just, yeah, we love it. I mean, so, some some sessions are harder than others, and you're like, I'm paying for this, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And so, but uh, you know, it nine out of ten times you walk out of there feeling, you know, very successful, or that you, you know, you've gotten taken something away, or you know, even on that last time, you're like, even if it wasn't what I wanted to cover, I at least got to say something mm. for you to hear, right. In, you know, a safe place to say it. Even if you got to do nothing with those words, not like no actions or nothing. It was like, okay, it is there. Like we had a platform for it. And yeah, I love it. We, we both love it. <laughs> and, you know, we're huge cheerleaders of counseling because yes. if, you know, we're willing to have a um, financial person involved mm-hmm. with our finances. We're willing to get a, a personal fitness trainer for 
exercise. You know, we seem to invite these coaches into other parts of our life, Mm -hmm. but we won't do it for counseling. It's like the most important relationship in our life. And yet we won't invite somebody. And I, Russ and I are just so determined to get rid of that stigma that there's the only reason you should go is because there's something wrong with your marriage. Mm -hmm. And you use the key word, you guys were proactive. So bravo. Well, thank you. Thank bravo. you. And one thing that I actually, I really love that I've just kind of learned with counseling is that, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, you're going to have hard days and easy days, but you know, you have that place. Cause mm-hmm. there have been times where Michael and I will both acknowledge like, Hey, we're both communicating really poorly lately. And we know we're bumping into wounds and we, we just know things are off and we're not trying to be we're like, but let's bring it to harmony. If that's our counsel, like let's bring it to harmony. Like let's, we just, we need someone to like translate this for us. Right. And so we'll just, we know we're like, okay, pinning it. Like let's text her right now and be like, Hey, like that's, cause that's how we schedule is to go, Hey, are you free this day? You know, and we'll, we'll get it on the books. And then it's like, okay, like we know, we know we can make it to there. Right. And so, but it, but it's, and it's also nice because there are some things like I cannot help Michael with everything and he cannot help me with everything. And we weren't necessarily brought up to know how to do that. So why not bring a professional yeah. into the mix? And I, Russ and I have taken some <laughs> arguments to Boyd, trust me. <laughs> There's some that were just too big for us. And, yeah. and, and, the ones that I make a mistake with is, oh, we're going to go there and and get Russ fixed on this one because <laughs> I am right and I, you know, I can sometimes get so black and white about stuff. And so we go there and Boyd keeps talking to me and keeps asking me questions. I'm like, wait, your focus should be over <laughs> here on Russ. Stop looking at me. <laughs> and um, so those are the most humbling times is where yes. I go there to fix him and we're really working on me. And I'm yeah. like, no, like, that's not what I wanted you to do, but oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it teaches me a lesson. Every time I go there with that motive, it's taught me now that as determined as I am for him to get fixed, I now start asking myself questions. I'm not as yeah. quick to, you know, put that on him. Mm-hmm. I've been in too many sessions now where I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> Okay, I know better. Let me take a look at, you know, my motivations and what I'm doing. So, yeah, so that's great. I, I love to hear that you guys are doing that, especially with this upcoming adoption. I mean, you guys are dealing with a lot, a lot more than just naturally having a baby. And, you know, yeah, and we're because, you know, a big a big part of our adoption journey has just kind of been preparing certain things and kind of, you know, quote unquote, fixing things. Yeah. So that way we're not trying to do it later when it's harder to do. So, you know, for instance, we're like, okay, well, we know that there are certain things from the way that we were raised that we didn't like or that we want to improve upon. Or, you know, uh, Michael has, again, while he had a great childhood, he has kind of strange relationships with his parents now, um, just from we'll just call it stuff from over the last few years. But, uh, and so we're like, well, we don't want that projected onto our kid. Right. You know, it's like, they're already going to have their own stuff to deal with, you know, because we're, so we're doing an older adoption just for some context. So we're doing between ages three to six. And so 
kiddo's going to have some life experience that they should not have already had to deal with. Right. And so we're like, okay, how can we prepare our habits, our mindset, like our family as two mm-hmm. to be better off for family of three? And it's, again, big emotions in our house lately. And so yeah. it's, it's all, you know, there's so much that's new with it. And then there's also the practical side of a, okay, we have to renovate our house a little bit because we have to add that bathroom in that we started in the basement a year ago and never did anything <laughs> with. And okay, yeah, the kid's going to need a room. So let's get this room emptied out and redone. And so it's just, yeah, it's been a lot of practical, a lot of emotional and just... But you're being so intentional. Yes, and, trying to anyways. Yeah, I love that. And also the thing that I'm so proud of you guys and why I think it's even harder is because you're going through a level of scrutiny of being judged. Like you have this home study, you have all this paperwork. I mean, you're going through a level of scrutiny that, you know, biological parents don't have. And, and so I think that's an added pressure and tension throughout this whole process. Yeah, no, it's been weeks. We're, we're at that age in life where we have a lot of friends, you know, starting their families. And some of our really good friends, uh, they have a little girl, their, their first, and Iris, and she's beautiful. I love her. Uh, but but they joke, they're like, they just sent us home with her. Like, they didn't <laughs> care who you were. They, they just... Threw her in the car and we left and we're like, what? You know, and they're like, we have, because we went to them for a reference for our adoption and they're like, reference? Like what? Like you have to get references? And I was like, yeah, a lot of them. And so, yeah, yeah, you have to be very intentional. And even with a lot of the paperwork that we do, because it's not necessarily just forms. There's a lot of information they want about you, about your history, about your family's history, about your marriage. I mean, just intense, like, narratives. Very intense. And so, but you also have to be intentional with your wording because of culture differences. And so, like, okay, well, I want to be truthful and I want to be transparent, but I also want to be respectful for their culture and what how it may reflect and because what I may see as great and what might be, you know, in the U S considered great, like technically because we're adopting in India. Uh, so like here counseling, yay, amazing. We all love it or everyone should. And, but in India, our country that we're adopting, it's actually frowned upon really, or at least to discuss it. So you can't discuss counseling, so if it happens, you don't talk about it. Right. And right. so you're learning all these differences. And again, Michael and I are such big proponents for counseling. Now we're like, no, no, that's in our story though. Like, how do we talk around it? So then, you know, it it just brings a lot of things to light where you're just like, okay, babe, like we're going to be really honest and everything because we're not going to have anything come back around and, you know, bite us in the butt later. Right. But, you know, Again, it's being intentional in our words and, you know, how we how we want to present ourselves. And, you know, and you, again, we want to be honest. And so it's like, okay, our actions have to be honest. Our words have to be honest. And, yeah, there's just a lot with it. And I would imagine a lot of prayer yeah. that goes along this. Yeah. And I will say that we 
we get we kind of go in waves with our prayer where we're really good and then we're really bad because you just get kind of emotionally worn out. Yeah. And you know, like so like right now I'm a bit emotionally worn out mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And so we're I think we both are right now. And so, you know, we 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 pray for our kid every day. And so like, okay, even if we're just we're so worn out, like we just can't feel these feelings right now. We're like, okay, we're we still gotta say, even if it's a 10 second prayer for our kid. And so we definitely try to keep prayer up there, but some days are easier than others. And you've made me really appreciate and understand my girlfriend's ministry who started Ignite Hope. Okay. Who is, a, she is a prayer warrior for adoptive parents. Okay. I know that's not the exact tagline, Yeah. but listening to you, I just, I see her heart for this because yeah. she says, you know, Parents who are adopting go through so much, and it is such an emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster. Yes, what you just mentioned, and so that you do need this team around you. And I do believe that their prayer for the adoptive parents actually is on the Bible app now. Okay, yeah, and so that there's a plan. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put the link on on this podcast. But um, anyways, it you just gave me a lens into the the world and. Yeah. And what, who she's trying to serve. Yeah, no, she, I give kudos to her because like I said, it's not, you know, adopting is not easy. So anyone that is out there that has adopted, good for you. Like, because I'm, I'm getting tired and haven't even gotten a kid yet. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, because you, you tend to, at least for me personally, my experience has been that you kind of go into like practical mode. Mm-hmm. And you kind of forget the spiritual side mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, because think, there's so much to do. Yes, yeah, so right? it's like, okay, I have I have a whole list of things I need, need to do or need to go get or need to go write or find. And then there's a, okay, I, I got to start looking into school options and daycare. And oh, I got to go look into the maternity policy. And, you know, and then you just start... <laughs> Just start going kind of crazy. Actually, Michael and I, we coined a term for this. We call it bus stopping. Because when we first started our adoption process, uh, I may have gone a little crazy. Um, <laughs> I admit this freely. I, I'm a planner by nature. I mean, it is uh-huh. what I do. Mm-hmm. And so we, <laughs> I don't even think we were with an agency yet. I think we had just like decided like okay we decided on international versus domestic and so and maybe reached out to a few agencies but hadn't you know been like officially entered into it and I'm already and again we don't even have an age (laughs) so I research all the schools in my area Mm -hmm. um, and try to figure out exactly where the bus stops are Oh, and at exactly Becca. what time oh, that the bus comes. You are so cute. And when school gets out and if oh. kiddo can get to a daycare facility or after school. Pro- I mean, like I am mapping wow. out. This you sure did. <laughs> and Michael looks at me. He's like, you know, our kid might not even be school age. I'm like, I know. That's why I also looked into daycares. And, you know, he's like, you're way ahead of yourself. And I'm like, and, and, and he was completely right. I was like. 
okay, like we don't even have an age. Like we don't, we're not even in an agency. Like we, I, I need to back up. I need but to. But it sounded like it was fun to explore. It was a little bit until I took it too far. <laughs> and so anytime one of us starts jumping ahead, like just getting too far in the process, because uh, when you're in this process, you need to kind of tunnel vision a little bit mm. where it's like, hey, I need to focus on this little chunk of stuff. And okay. then when that's done, now I can focus on this little chunk of stuff. Okay. And so if one of us, and we both do it on occasion, uh, we start to get ahead of ourselves. We go, hey, babe, you're bus stopping. Take a deep breath. Oh, that's like, good. Okay. Like, we know what that means now. It's bus stopping. And so, yeah, it's it's actually become one of our our helpful terms that we use with one another. And I'm kind of laugh at it because it's funny. I mean, it yeah. is funny. <laughs> It is. That's good. That's good. Okay, so let's shift this back over to your marriage. What's one piece of advice you would share with someone before getting married? Oh, man. So I wish someone had told me this. Uh, Don't focus so much on what you think other people's expectations. And when I say other people, I mean kind of, you know, within your new family and even your immediate family. Don't focus on their expectations of what you think you should be doing what you think is going to be making everyone else happy because I fell into this trap and I I think it's a common one. So early in our marriage, you know, I focused so hard on making Michael's mom happy because she has no daughters and she just doted on me and, you know, she didn't have a wedding. And so, you know, I'm like her only hope and, you know, it's like, and it made, and I knew it made my husband happy when he saw me making his mom happy. Right. Which is a natural thing. Right. And so I just, I focused too hard on it. And so I made her happy at the expense of my own. Mm, And so it would, and it completely confused Michael because we'd go and have, you know, dinner over at his parents' house. And I would just be like plastering on the smile and doing whatever it takes to make, you know, mom-in-law happy. And mind you, I love her and she and I get along very well. We just, you know, you know, everyone, you don't always see eye to eye on things. Um, but I'd be working so hard to make her happy. And then by the end of the night, Michael and I would get in the car and he'd be all smiles and, oh, babe, that was such a great night. Thank you. And I'm just, oh, get me home. <laughs> like I just, and like, and like all the emotions start coming out. He's mm. like, whoa, whoa, you've been smiling all night. Like, I don't understand. And, you know, because obviously he saw one version of me. Yeah. And then now in the car, he's seeing another. And, and so, you were exhausted. Yes. And so it, I, that was a big thing I had to learn for myself was keeping focus on Michael and I, on our marriage. Right. Because if I'm focusing on what other people are wanting, then the focus is not on us and what we're needing. And so that was... That was a big lesson to learn for me because I'm a people pleaser. And so, and I, again, I, it was, it was misguided. It was, you know, I thought I was making Michael happy by making his mom happy, but in the end, it wasn't the right route to go about that. Um, and you can't be blamed for your enthusiasm in, in doing that. I mean, you had yeah. great intentions, Yes, but you were doing it to an extreme that, actually yes. was hurting you. Yes. And so, and it was just, yeah, it just wasn't the right way to go about it. And, you know, n- now, you know, we're both really good about 
keeping focus on uh, so it doesn't mean we can't do kind things for right. our families or friends. It just means we're going to prioritize our marriage and what we need for it over someone else's. Right. You know, because. Right. You can still be it. friendly, but you're not going to go to extremes for it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Would you say that you love each other more now than earlier in your marriage? So when I first read this one, I definitely thought, well, we've always like really just super loved each other. Like we just, I mean, from the get go when we met, it was just kind of like a, oh my, like this is kind of big. So I, you know, part of me wants to be like, of course we love each other more every day. But honestly, I think we love each other better. You know, we've just, like you said, being intentional and just learning how to love one another. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Because apparently we don't all express and accept love the same way. Really? No figure, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, so Michael and I, and we have to reaffirm this one. Like, we kind of refresh this one every every so often to make sure nothing's changed. But Michael, he loves words of affirmation. Like, that is, man, that can just change his day. Oh. And... I'm not always, you know, early on in the marriage, I was not great about that. You know, I uh-huh. do it for the big things. Like, oh my goodness, honey, like you built me a kitchen table. Like, thank you. Of course I'm going to thank him for that. But I wouldn't thank him for mowing the lawn. And, you know, and those are things that he sees as taking care of us because it's our home. Right. And, but, you know, I just, it didn't occur to me early on. And so, which was kind of silly because I would make dinner every night and I would be mad if he didn't say thank you right away (laughs) so it's like okay but yeah but for me I just I kind of want to be nurtured a little bit and so I'll just like just feed like just feed me a meal that's all like like I love food like food is a comfort for me Uh that that was part of my family of origin was Mom, to this day, still goes, oh, food? Here, feed you this, that. Like, let's cook together. Let's eat together. Let's do Uh this thing. So it's everything kind of was based around the kitchen. And so now it's like a, well, hey, like, if you feed me a meal, I feel loved. And it wasn't until we were in counseling when Michael and I were talking about this. And Michael admitted, he's like, I'm afraid to cook for you because you're such a great cook. And I know I'm not, but I, Mm. I can't create these elaborate meals for you that like you do for me Mm. and I told him I was like oh babe frozen pizza or spaghetti like that's all I need like I love me some carbs like that's all I need to bake for me he's like wait that counts yeah that counts (laughs) and so now I always keep spaghetti in the pantry (laughs) and I like like a sauce of jaw or a jar of sauce in the pantry and on occasion, I'll like get like a frozen pizza or two and just like stash it in the freezer, and like that's what Michael cooks. And, and I feel and that's so great loved. that you guys figured that out. Yes, and it and again, you kind of have to. For us, we have to refresh it every now and then, where it's like a don't we all? Yeah, yeah. just it's like a okay. I'm feeling lots of love in this area, but maybe not so much in this area right now. Like you know, like I also love touch. Like I'm a snuggler, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, which Michael's really good about this. I was like, 
babe, like, will you just touch me? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, like, even if like, like, literally, he'll just be in the middle of something, he'll just, like, stick his foot out and, like, just, you know, set it on my leg or something, like, if we're, like, yeah. kind of, like, sitting on the couch or something. And it's like, okay, that's all I needed. Like, I'll take a barefoot on my leg. Like, that's all I needed, just to know that yeah. you're connected to me. Um, and so, yeah, but, yeah, we have to refresh that every now and then, but... Which is such a great reminder because there are the um, five love languages. Yes. But if you recall on Thrive, we had the top 10 relational needs. Yes. And they went even deeper. They did. Oh, I think I need to go and refresh those a little bit. Right? And and those really helped Russ and I because actually my top, rela- my top need was actually on that second list. It wasn't necessarily on the first one. The second list included attention. Yes. And it's not the attention of when you walk in a room and people notice you. It was having Russ enter my world. Mm -hmm. So he always joked and said that the five love languages, that I had all of them. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, where are the gifts? And he's like, well, look at your fingers. You've got rings on. (laughs) But um, it is when attention shows up in one of those five love languages Mm -hmm. is when I feel loved. Yes. And so... He, you also mentioned that we have a tendency to forget and we need to be reminded. Mm-hmm. We do thrive twice a year <laughs> and we still miss, you know, in paying attention to ours. So we've given, uh, made the suggestion to couples is to just put it on your mirror, your bathroom mirror. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to remember to show her attention today. Or for Russ, he really appreciates encouragement and appreciation mm-hmm. And so I just need to remember, you know, you're working your butt off for both of us. And I'm just so grateful, you know, makes his day. Absolutely. No, I think I need to go back and refresh on some of those other ones. Might be fun date night to review that together. That's a great idea. Okay. So a little bit more serious. Are you suffering internally in any way? And what is it? So for me, yes. And one of my kind of weak areas in life has kind of always been self-care because mm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a caretaker, you know, I, that's what I do. And love pleasing people. Yes. Right? And it just, you know, it, it makes me happy making other people happy. So I, mm. I get something out of it, but there's a balance that comes with it that I'm not very good with where, you know, you can give and give and give, but there comes a point where, you know, you can only give so much. Um, and so I don't, I don't do that part very well. So I tend to, I'll get, I'll kind of go in waves where I'll be like, I'm being such a great friend and life is great, but then, oh, why is no one helping me when I'm in need? And I, cause I'm, I'm, I'm so introverted. Like I can do one-on-ones, but you put me in a group. I, I, you don't believe this because you saw me in a really good setting. I know, right? I'm like, what? Um, I, I promise you in other settings, <laughs> I clam up. Like, I I don't want to talk. Like, I... And just, it's so hard for me to imagine. I just want to pretend that I'm like a fake tree sitting in the corner of the room. <laughs> I just... I find the family pet and I go and sit with them. Oh, That's you are so cute. typically my attitude. And so... Because of that, I have a hard time getting really deep, like meaningful, like female relationships. Yeah. And every time I seem to find one lately, uh, or, you know, one that I formed, um, that person has moved, physically moved out of Georgia. Oh, how frustrating. Yes. And it's like, okay, like I'm, 
not an on the phone girl. Like I'm a face to face, like let's sit on the couch, let's have a cup of tea, let's have a snack, like let's just, you know, snuggle together and that, you know, and talk. And it's, you know, you can't really do that when you're yeah. best friends in a different state. Like you can, you know, so you just don't get it's quite not as the, much. It's not the same. Yeah. And so for me, that's something that I've been struggling with is just finding those strong like female relationships because that restore you yes yes because I and actually that's kind of one of the terms that I've been using with Michael is a you know life isn't bad I just feel drained and I just I need I need to be recharged right and you know and it's just not something I can get necessarily out of him I was like, you, you know, you need that strong female relationship. I agree. Where, you know, they can help hold you accountable day to day or just someone that you can, again, that you know is for the two of you. That's not yeah. just going to go, oh, like, yeah, you're in the right. Like, absolutely. Do, like, ignore him. You're smart. He's in it. You know, I'm like, no, I don't need that. I need you right. to call me out. I need you to, you know, give me advice on what's best for my marriage, not what's best for me as an individual. Cause those are two very different things. Yeah. And so that's, and that's where I struggle. And I, I'll get, I get down on myself. And when I get down on myself, I know it just, it hurts Michael. I know it hurts Michael to see me hurt. And so, and he being, you know, a guy wants to fix things. And then I get mad that he's trying to fix me. And, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, we have a lot of good mutual friends. Um, actually, one of his childhood friends that he that he obviously grew up with, uh, she became my best friend. And so, oh, yeah. and you know, they've known each other forever. And we, uh, so he, you know, he would send her a message, be like, hey, I need you to reach out to Rebecca because she's bummed today. And I'm like, Michael, stop reaching out to my friends and telling them things. Like, that's not how this works. And so he's trying to fix it. And, you know, it, it gets a little chaotic for us a bit because he's trying to be helpful and And I'm I'm a guilty fixer as well and it drives (laughs) Russ crazy because he's like I'm not a problem to be fixed you know problems get fixed not people and I'm like okay I'm sorry (laughs) so I I feel for Michael because it's hard when you see you know something's hurting your your spouse and you just you know you think you're trying to help but it, it doesn't yeah. But I do have something interesting okay. I came across that I would have never recommended before. The church had, uh, I lead a bunch of millennials. Um, there's 11 of us okay. on Wednesday evenings. And the church said, hey, we're having this seminar. We'd like to encourage you guys to come. Mm-hmm. And it was called a friendship se- seminar. Okay. Frentimacy is I the word that. she used, right? <laughs> Now, I have to admit, you know, I'm 52, I've had plenty of friendships, and I'm thinking, a friendship seminar, I'm not sure how much I'm going to get out of this, but it might be great for the 20-somethings, right? So we go there, and I think, because I was tired, I was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'm not sure I have the energy for this tonight. This lady comes on stage, and her name's Shasta Nelson, I believe I have that correct, And she starts talking and I start leaning in. I'm like, oh my word, this is so good. And I won't give away the whole premise of it, but basically she she talked about a triangle of friendships where do you have 
frequency and vulnerability and having a good time. I mean, she really helped you think through your friendships. And then sometimes we have friendships in circles where we only see them at church. We only see them where we work out, but we expect them to be closer friends, even though we're not spending any outside energy other than where we meet up with these acquaintances. Mm -hmm. And so she was helping you redefine where we have a problem placing expectations on friends that maybe aren't meant to, if we're not putting that kind of energy into it. Yeah. So just that in a, in a nutshell, I thought it was really enlightening and even shifted the way I thought about friendships with women. It was really good. I so, definitely need to get this information from you. <laughs> yeah, I, I would recommend reading her book. Uh, we got the snapshots in the okay. seminar, but... I was so surprised and walked away from that evening going, this was amazing. And I don't think I would have chosen to go had it not been more of a small group event. And so who knew? And I love that you were talking about frequency because so I was actually just discussing a bit of that with two of my siblings. So I'm one of four kids and two of my siblings happened to be over this past weekend, my brother was in town, so my sister came to, and we like to just sit on the couch and just have these kind of just broad conversations. And one of them was talking about friendships, and my brother had cited some article that I, I could not tell you off the top of my head, but part of it was talking about the amount of time mm-hmm. and to have the you know strong, deep, meaningful relationships as an adult require. And they did some study of X amount of hours, you know, it's insane amount of time. And that was part of what I realized was I'm like, I like my part of my self-care is I don't give myself the time to go do these things. And I was like, oh, I don't give I don't have Rebecca time. Like and when I do, it's when I'm about to go to bed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need to I, I, I kind of break my self-care up into, into two categories because it's just what I experienced. Part of it is friendships, particularly female friendships, uh, where I can have that one-on-one and then my time, like my creative time. You know, it's a time that I want to use my brain. It's not necessarily a time to like, oh, I'm just going to sit in front of the TV. We all love that. But I was like, no, I need to use my brain creatively from time. So I was like, I need friend time and creative time. But I was like, I don't, time is kind of my key factors where I'm like, I'm not giving myself that. And so that's and, something I've been working on. And isn't that triangle so simplistic? But it, it really is. Like for me, frequency was there and vulnerability was there. Yes. But where I was missing was having a good time. Yeah. So, you know, my mom passed in the summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. My nephew just passed this January. And, you know, so it's been a heavier period of time. Yeah. And it made me realize that you know, obviously I'm in a different season right now, but it, it showed me that I'm more of a heavy that's mm-hmm. coming into friendships. And, yeah. and I think her triangle just helped me kind of step back and not that I'm not going to share any differently, but just to give, give me a perspective of how other people might be receiving me right now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, it, it was enlightening. And just like this, you know, showed you that maybe frequency is some an area that 
yeah could maybe open up more opportunities yeah and so that's and I'll give kudos to Michael where he's just like whatever you need to do like just do it babe like we, we have a we have a joint calendar like a google calendar so we can see it from our phone from our laptops you know which is kind of all there he's like just whatever you need put on the calendar you know and I was I was doing pretty well there for a while and again I've kind of followed one of those waves where I'm not doing great because it's not a habit yet right. um but yeah so I, it's more for me I'm trying to learn that balance of a okay where am I dedicating that time? Is it with a person or is it like, you know, just inside my own head, you know, where I need like a creative outlet. And so I was like, okay, I was like, I was doing good with creative stuff, but then I really fell off the friend bandwagon. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to get back on the friend bandwagon and I'm falling on the creative <laughs> side. So it's like, oh, like mm-hmm. I just need to get one of them. And so, but yeah, that's, yeah, no, I definitely want to read some of her work that sounds fantastic yeah. I'll be I'll be sure to send you the link for her yeah she was really good do you think your friends see your marriage as beautiful why or why not you know it's funny because I would have never asked myself that question beforehand I just I don't know if that's a natural question that you think of for yourself but because of our adoption process um, we've had to ask many people for references so we've read them because why would you not want to read your own reference letter? And what a gift to know oh, how your friends see you. Man, if you just want to like cry and be happy for a little bit, mm. oh, like you just bust out some of those references and I, you can't even get halfway through it on some of them and you're just like tears. And you're like, I had no idea that oh. you like recognize this out of us. Right. And so, and obviously we ask, you know, because we had have so many references that were family-based and so many that were friends-based. And so for our friends, you know, again, I don't think that they notice these things. And again, we're asking like our closest friends for these because we're trusting this precious thing with them. And it was, there was a couple common themes that were in all of them. It was like, it made me feel so good where it's like, I didn't notice that other people saw this. It's like, but it made me feel just kind of reinforce some of the things that Michael and I have been working so intentionally on. Mm -hmm. And so one of the common things we read was um, our willingness to communicate, even when like we might, you know, be mad at each other or something is, you know, that we're always willing to, you know, come back around and work this thing out and that, you know, we're honest with one another, you know, about our thoughts and our feelings and, you know, it's like I had, you know, to us now that's normal. Like that is the normal in our household is a like, hey, babe, I'm going to tell you what's on my heart, you know, and you're going to tell me what's on yours. But I forget other couples don't do that. And it's such a testimony to others, right? And yeah, because like, I mean, I've, def- I've definitely had some girlfriends and, you know, they even have, you know, good marriages. It's not that they're in a bad place or anything. But like they'll look at it like, you know, I'll be having, you know, we'll have maybe dinner, you know, a couple's dinner or something. And us girls have maybe, you know, gone off or something like, you know, clean up the dishes. And we, you know, they'll maybe start complaining about their husband. Like, oh, he was doing this thing. And I'm like, oh, you know, did you, what what did you speak to him about? Like, you know, have you told him how you feel? Why yelled at him? I was like, oh, well, (laughs) okay, like, let's take a step back, you know? And then you just kind of ask questions and they always, you know, I've had girlfriends come back like, well, what do you do when Michael does that? I go, oh, and I like, I'll explain a conversation or give an example of something similar that we just experienced. And they're like, 
that my husband would never speak like that with me, like so positively and openly. And I was like, no, if you, if you start it, like, and you make it a habit, like it really will happen. Like, it's so great. Like you just have to like start it, you know, someone's got to start it. And so, but yeah, that's, it, it was a really good feel moment to read some of these references and just see that some of our hard work is, you know, is being seen. Yeah. It yeah. kind of validates, look, you're doing something really, yeah. really good. And you're witnessing to others of, you know, yeah. this works for us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it gives us an outlet. It lets us be heard. Absolutely. And, you know, so much of what we've, you know, learned is honestly through Thrive, through counseling, through church. And, you know, we get to share that then. It's like, hey, like, we have a great counselor. I can give you her name. We're like, hey, hey, like Thrive opens up again in a few weeks. Like, I'm just saying to the link. And I've done that with numerous people. We're like, hey, like, there's this really great sermon series. Like, I'm going to send you the mm-hmm. link or like, I'll show it for you. I'll download the app on your phone. Give me your phone. You know, I'll, right. I'll get it for you. I was like, this is exactly what you, you know, you you need, you know, we'll solve everything. It's like, but, you know, you'll get something from it. And so it's, yeah, it's a good feel. It's a good feel. Sounds like somebody could be facilitating Thrive. <laughs> Hello. Michael. Um, <laughs> he's the chatty one of us. Oh, my goodness. Do you think your spouse spends too much time or not enough time with your friends? I will say, I, mean, I would say more time, too much time. To Michael's credit, he's gotten way better about this. My husband is very, very chatty and he loves to socialize. And this man has never met a stranger in his life. Uh, I can't take him to the grocery store with me anymore because we make 10 new friends and it takes an hour to buy a six pack of eggs. I mean, that's it. That's our life. And so he just, he, he's so friendly. And it's one of the things I love about him. But in social settings, he'll dominate conversations. And I'm just not an aggressive conversationalist when there's a group. Like yeah. I said, I'm yeah. the fake tree in the corner. Yeah. Uh, and so... And I'm not a fan of small talk. Russ doesn't neither. mind it, but I'm just not a fan of it. There's, I'm not comfortable until it goes deeper. Same here. It's like, I don't really want to just sit here and chit chat about nothing. I was like, let's just dive in. Like, let's just go for this. And I was like, if I want to have a conversation, I want to have a conversation. Right. And so, and you know, again, Michael can talk everything and anything. And so there was a, there, there was a chunk of time where, you know, when I was having, I was being good about having girlfriends come over and like, I cook dinner for us and we just have girl time, you know, and I was trying to cultivate some of those friendships Michael would come over and again, these would be like girlfriends I haven't seen in months or maybe hadn't seen in like a year. He'd come in and he'd talk to them for an hour on the couch with us. I'm like, babe, like, and I, you know, like, and I, I would even in front of them go, babe, get out. Like, I know you're friends with her too, but like, out, like, this is my time. Uh-huh. And he would, he would laugh but not quite realize how serious I was. And then I had to obviously go back when it was just the two of us and be like, actually, babe, like I... I need you to not be present. Also, I was like, I love you, and I love that you're friends with my friends. It's like, but I, you, I will never dominate a conversation if you're around. Not that I want to dominate, but 
I'll never have a back and forth with my friend. Like I'll just kind of disappear from that conversation if you're present just because he's so engaging. Like, right. If you want to find someone that can just engage you in conversation, Mm -hmm. he is your guy. Yes, he is. And yeah. So I was like, I was like, babe, I was like, I need you to back away. And so to his credit, he has been really great about that. We're like, Hey, I'm having girl night. Like, can you either like be out of the house for like a partner all of the night? Or can you just like go in your workshop or, you know, something? He's like, okay, oh yeah, I'll go mow the lawn. And then I'll, you know, I'll go over to a neighbor's house for a bit. And he'll just like, let us have a few hours. And it's like, thank you. So I will say he's definitely on the upswing on that one. But if I had to choose between the two, I would say he spends too much time <laughs> with my friends. Which, you know, can be frustrating, but I think it's probably the better alternative to not liking your friends. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Because he generally loves and cares for, like, my friends. And so it's like, oh, like, hey, I I picked some good ones at least, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's like, hey, get out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) What do you most wish you both could do in the future to make an impact for Christ? I would absolutely say that we could serve more together. Uh, So we already serve at church together, which even if we're just like in a garbage mood beforehand, we always walk away so much happier for it. Cause like you can't be mad when you're serving people and like people are happy and it's just like, you know, you're smiling. It's like, okay, even if I'm fake smiling at first, then it kind of becomes genuine because I love all the people that I'm around and it just, so I would love to serve more, um, both locally and globally. Uh, you know, I would like to, I would like to do things that we're both just passionate for and kind of, again, use it as a way to kind of minister, even if it's not a ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be, we're, we're I say both, but mostly Michael, if I'm being honest, um, we're both outdoorsy. And so it's like, well, why don't we go, like, let's go, let's go find a trail cleanup or like a river cleanup like we both do you know we're always in the Chattahoochee it's like how are we gonna do a river cleanup and it's like what a great way to you know you know serve Christ by taking care of you know this place that we were given and this place that we enjoy and you know and again you might meet people who are believers or non-believers or somewhere in betweeners and it's like you know you gotta be that positive example in an unexpected way where you know it's not you know, I, not like we're not preaching, but we're serving. So, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. a good word. And so I would like to do that more, the two of us. Again, I think time is yeah, precious. Not, it is right now. Um, but I, I know that's something that we, we both really enjoy doing. Um, and Russ and I have experienced it with Thrive. We can be exhausted. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, we would call it Thrive Monday, where it just seemed <laughs> like everything would go wrong on Monday. <laughs> we would fight on the way to Thrive. <laughs> We're a great, great example of being good facilitators. And we're just like, I just don't have the energy for this tonight. We get in there, start facilitating, conversation gets started. By the end, we are so energized. We're driving home going, that was amazing. Yes. Right? And so it, it, it does make a difference serving together. Absolutely. And, and so the, the teams that we serve on, uh, we serve together but not together. So we serve on the same Sundays but on different teams. But we still kind of get to interact a little bit, yeah. which is kind of, you know, it's still fun. 
uh, but yeah, well, yeah, I would like to do more. And then again, that could be such a great thing to do with our kid, you know, when right. they're a little bit older, it's like, hey, like, we're going to go do this thing as a family. And Aww. like, you know, so yeah, it's just oh, I'm so thing. excited yeah, for you guys. So. Oh, I can't you. wait to I can't wait to hear the day uh, that all of that becomes final. Oh, uh, we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this with us. Oh, absolutely. So appreciate you being on the podcast, and um, we'll we'll have to follow up when you have finalized the adoption and see how your world is is going then. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm game. You just let, well, actually, I guess I'll let you know yeah. um, and I'll follow up with you. Yeah, but no, thank you for having me on here. I was more than happy to do it. Thank you. Want some more insight on how to strengthen your marriage? You can find new blogs posted every week and a new live monthly webinar. Just go to intentionalmarriages.net. That's intentional marriages with an S dot net, N-E-T. Thank you and stay intentional.